0: This is Queen Speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work to money to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? Welcome to Queen Speaking. I'm Brianna. And I'm Sydney. What are we starting with today, Sid?
1: Today, let's get into what is our quote or discussion or article that we read that is inspiring us this week.
0: I can kick things off. One of the things that I have been implementing in my own life lately is more just personal growth, personal awareness... That also leads into professional growth and professional awareness. but um, I took the 16 personalities test, which I think we've mentioned a couple different times and we can link to it in the uh, show notes. but it's based off of this company's own you know assessment of personality types as well as the Myers My- a combination of the Meyer- Briggs um, assessment too from like you know personality type style things. I got the results and there were some things that I was like really like in terms of uh like introvertedness or like where are you where do you get um are you more of like the thinking type or are you feeling type that kind of thing so it was just really interesting to see that and kind of see like the drastic difference between some of the categories and it's just something that I've been really interested in and a co-worker of mine said that she bought the full um Uh, assessment which is basically like 140 pages of like deep dive into this stuff and she was like I expensed it because it's part of something that I'm working on um had my manager approve it and I was like sweet I'm ready and so I spent a couple hours diving into some of the content and just like feeling very good about some intentional self-reflection and I think it became pretty obvious that that's something from my personality type that actually is really important to me. And so to actually dive into some specifics about like things I can work on and things that I should make time for, um, and how to handle certain relationship dynamics and like how to navigate my own emotional energy so that like certain things aren't, I'm not necessarily feeling like quote unquote depleted in an area and how to like dive back into like where am i at do i feel balanced and like just that concept of being balanced is something that's really important to me and to actively sit down and take some time to to dive into it it was just really eye opening right and that's nice because it's it's like
1: half work and it's work that you can kind of apply to your everyday job but it i love how it also is applicable to your lifestyle and how you work with other people and how you have relationships and all of the things that make up you as a person it it feeds into all of those areas which is super exciting now is it a book or is it like an online resource it's like
0: an ebook so okay. you can take the test on 16personalities.com for free mm-hmm. and then they have like a breakdown of like you as a like your personality type um professional how that like impacts you professionally, friendships, family life, that kind of thing. Um, and does like a decent overview. So like that might just be enough, Mm -hmm. but because I was like, this is something that's really important to me. And I want to dive into this a little bit more specifically, or learn a little bit more about how I can do this from a professional growth standpoint, relationships and things like that. I was like, I'm spending this $32 for this ebook and so you can download it on a PDF and um I've just been kind of like reading through it on my laptop. Nice. Super easy. So you can either
1: print it or like just save it to a tab or something like that. That's yeah.
0: awesome. Yeah, so it's uh it's been really nice to like actively take time to do that and there might be some things that I'm going to pull into future episodes down the road because even just within, I don't know if this is something that's present in all of the, the assessments, but there were a couple exercises and like journaling things that I'm going to start working on. And I'm excited to see how that, because I kind of do that already, but mm-hmm. to have something a little bit more focused and intentional, I think will um, lead to some good, good positive results for uh, future growth in Brianna's life.
1: And I like that because you're paying for obviously like the enhanced version, but you're also, it's almost like therapy where you're like paying for that enhanced, um, actionable item. So with the online version, the free version, you get the synopsis and it's really helpful. Like I've taken it too, and, They do a nice breakdown even with the free version, which not a lot of people do, which is what I appreciate about 16 Personalities. But with this book, it's not just like, oh, here's just a deep dive, but here's how you put it into the working space. Mm -hmm. This is a work you have to do to really like flesh out who you are and and what we've identified as your strengths and as your personality type. Um, But it's asking you to really take that extra step to do the work too, which I always think is kind of the best part, especially if you're paying something for something like that. Um, You're not just reading more, but you're actually doing and understanding and that repetition will help ingrain it into your day to day.
0: Yeah. And even if it's stuff that you've, Um, seen before or heard before about yourself or, you know, just you are prime and have, you know, top-notch (laughs) self-awareness. I think (laughs) even... no one does. (laughs) I think even just the idea of, like, how to interact with different um, personality types is really helpful, too, just to kind of, like, from a working perspective, just from a manager perspective any kind of working relationship that you have with people and how to manage different personalities just like having the ability to think about that and how um impactful those conversations can be mm-hmm. if you just have a little bit of like i now understand how you work and how how your motivation what you're motivated by and all those kind of things it's just something that i think is really valuable and just makes everybody better people in the end just yeah being like I lived a day in your shoes. I got you.
1: Right. And that understanding is great. Even if I think about my boyfriend who works alone and by himself. But I think that awareness of how you are as a person and not just understanding how other people work, but how you yourself are interacting with the outside world, even if it's not necessarily like work related, but just in social interactions and things like that, it becomes like equally as important too. in addition to that workspace. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. All right, Sid. So we're going to dive into our theme for today, which is time management. Love it. I feel like (laughs) this is something that I've been actively working on for uh, a couple years. And it's something that we talk about and it's something that the world that we live in talks about. Um, I think the focus a little bit today will be primarily on time management as it comes to professional life. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, And I think that that's valuable. It will end up feeding into some personal um, benefits and things like that because you'll be more productive and won't be working late all the time. Um, But I think one of the reasons why we wanted to to dive into this a little bit more deeply and provide some tips and strategies that you can implement, um, it's something that really... People in general deal with in their own because everybody works a little bit differently. Some people are super organized. Some people are not. Um, some people like the pressure of time um, weighing on them, and the idea of procrastination <laughs> as a way of like, all right, I can get this done. I have you know an hour. I'm going to make it happen. Um, and I think in terms of you know my own world within time management, I've been actively reading and checking out articles and working on this because i had um a little bit of like burnout mode i'm not sure my priorities are straight kind of a thing a couple years ago and like truth, like still working through some of that stuff. Um, But actually thinking about like, okay, what strategies can I implement on a day-to-day basis? And you kind of have to go through a little bit of trial and error to figure out what works for you. Um, And so I think that's one of the the things that we're going to conquer today.
1: Yeah. And I'm really excited about this topic because I Like to think I'm one of those people that thrives on the pressure, but I don't. It just stresses me out. And to learn how to do time management correctly is really exciting. And to go through some of the articles that we pulled, some of the videos that we were able to find, um, will hopefully give everybody a clearer picture of. And I think it's kind of come along further because time management is kind of a byproduct of burnout now, Mm -hmm. where time management was always there, but. We never really considered it as a thing until we started feeling super stressed and burnt out and and ready to crack. Um, So hopefully today's topic will kind of get into how to manage your time before you get to burnout.
0: Yes. And if you are in burnout mode, strategies that you can start tomorrow on. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. ASAP
1: as soon as possible all the way.
0: So one of the challenges that we had for each other was to, um, track our time. Mm -hmm. And this came out of something that you did with, uh, your students at NAS, correct? Yes.
1: Yeah. This was, so what I love about this class that, that we teach, um, is that it's really about the students and how to make them the most successful that they can be because college is overwhelming. So if we can have their first semester, have one class a week. That's really about them and their success. That's really why we do this. And time management was one of those. And and yes, one of the things we had them do was for a week track everything they did, which I now know is very challenging. So sorry, (laughs) students for not being more understanding of why you're telling me you're stressed about this. Um, but it it's a lot to take every moment of the day and, and remember, even remember to do it mm-hmm. let alone be thinking about it in the midst of everything else that's going on so yeah that's where this kind of came out of
0: yeah and when you brought it up to me the first time saying that that was part of um an assignment that they had i was like i'm doing this like yeah. i feel like i just want to have an idea of how i'm spending my time and you know one of the the articles that we had read was I believe from career Contessa where they talked about, you know, having 160 plus hours to yourself and you're like, Oh my God, all this time that I have available to me, how am I spending it? What am I doing with it? Um, and I even surprised myself with some of the results. So um, we kind of broke it down into different categories. And that was a thing that kind of like showed up as I was tracking in general was just like, okay, what time? Like, is this personal time? Is this downtime? And things kind of fell into a couple different categories. But it was primarily like, okay, this is how much personal time I have. This is how much work time I have. This is how much sleep time I have. But it helped me feel accountable for my actions, my to-do list, the things that I was working on, I ended up having a really productive week last week because of it. And because I had a couple evening commitments as well, because that's just the nature of the job that I work, um, it helped me fit in some personal time elsewhere when I was like, oh my gosh, I worked 12 hours yesterday note to self. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't do that.
0: <laughs> so, um, and I'm definitely of the the category that does feel overwhelmed and, and burnt out pretty quickly if I don't have a little downtime to just like mentally decompress. Mm-hmm. So what ended up being really awesome, and this kind of falls into a tip that I'm going to reference later, but I basically tried to mirror some of the tasks, my to-do list with, um, what I was actively trying to do from a time tracking perspective of mm. like, okay, how much time is this going to take me? I'm going to block it off on my calendar, um have an idea of like what my work day is looking like, make sure that I'm fitting in some of the errands that I need to go do, um laundry, that kind of thing, and so I, one of the things I think was most surprising is that I was able to actually fit in like little household tasks here and there because again i work from home um and so in between i finished a task with 10 minutes left in the hour and i was like sweet i'm gonna do i'm gonna get up have a like sip of water and sweep the kitchen Mm -hmm. and so i fit in a couple um little things here and there throughout the day when i had extra time Mm -hmm. i managed to clean my whole house over the course of a week over the course right over the course of a day oh oh <laughs> yeah shocking and normally that's something that I'm like, oh man, I have to set aside six hours to do this, but doing it in mini chunks actually ended up making me more productive from a work perspective and The positive was obviously that my home was clean at the end of the day too.
1: And you're not using those extra 10 minutes for that mindlessness that like some people need. I totally recognize that a scroll sometimes here and there is really helpful to help you kind of come down a little bit from whatever task you were doing. But to stay active in a way to do something that you knew needed to get done anyway, makes you just feel like, oh my god, I didn't need to mindlessly do something else when there was a task at hand that was only going to take that much time. And you don't have to blow it up in your mind to be like, I need to take six hours to do this when you realize that it doesn't necessarily need to take that much time.
0: Right. And I think exactly to your point, I ended up spending less time on social media as, like, a, a byproduct of this, right. which, like, personal struggle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely do the... And th- that was really what had been the previous, you know, action that I was working through was, like, oh, sweet, I have 10 minutes left. But, like, I wasn't really thinking about it. It was just, like, oh, I'm going to scroll through social media. I finished that thing. I'm going to scroll through social media. I w- but because I was thinking about my time, I was, like, in, I didn't I, think about oh social media i was like ooh i have 10 minutes i can sweep the sweep the floor prep my lunch mm-hmm. whatever so that just felt really nice to kind of just have a little bit more awareness of um what how i was spending my time what i was doing and has since kind of shifted into it was definitely weird today not tracking it throughout the day but i think some of the stuff that um worked really well with like understanding how long certain things take me Mm -hmm. now i know how much time to set aside for it and so that feels really good to just have a little bit more of awareness of like these are i know how to set my priorities now because i know exactly how much time it takes me to do things and so that's what i think i'm going to challenge you guys to do is think about this from that perspective of like Let me, like what you were doing with your budget. You're like, I need to actually see the cash and have it leave my hand. And same thing, like I need to actually track my time and see how much, like, whoa, that took me three hours. I didn't expect that. Then you can set your priorities according. And if you have an open day, maybe that's a day for brainstorming. Fit that stuff in, put it on your calendar, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and I think it'll be really interesting to hear because I agree with you on the prioritization front of really learning what needs to take precedence and what's kind of just like minding time and and just putting something somewhere just to mind time but i think what will be interesting is from being in an office perspective I, of course, my office is not spotless, so it could definitely use a clean. So thinking about how you took those 10 minutes to like sweep the floor or prep a lunch or something like that, from the perspective of being in an office setting, what are the things that only take me 10 minutes? Is it writing a thank you note or sending that email that's on my to-do list? Like what are those things that can polish off that hour and then move on to the next big task? So I'm I'm excited to see what those things are for, for someone in my in my setting.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that was helpful for me too, was just to see exactly how much time I spent working and how Mm -hmm. much time I had available to me from a personal perspective, which in the end, I definitely worked a lot of hours, uh, almost 50 last Mm -hmm. week. So, um, and I try to, again, maintain a pretty balanced life. So to see that I was like, Oh, interesting. Huh? I definitely work more than I think I work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I also am the type because again, I work from home and like everything kind of, and I, I host events. And so it's kind of like, well, is that work time? Is that personal time? I don't know. It's always work time because I'm on and I'm, you know, in the zone. Right. So to see that number in the end of like, okay, this is how much time I actually put in. Like I'm doing a, a solid job. I don't need to feel, feel guilty about going to the gym on a Thursday, which because I started kind of seeing my time after each day, I was able to fit in. So I ended up being more productive because I scheduled out personal time. If I knew I was going to be um, running some errands, I, t- I tossed that into like I also ended up taking care of a couple things that had been on my to-do list from a personal errand kind of perspective of, like, dropping these shoes off at the cobbler and donating these clothes to Goodwill and thinking about it from that just, like, just go do it. You have the time to do it now. Stop rushing. It just was, like, it was really eye-opening, and I think um, knowing... The personal time that I had available to me, then I was like, okay, I know how to not feel rushed from thing to thing. And I was able to say like, okay, this is going to take me an hour. So I'm going to give myself a buffer and be like, I'll meet you at 6pm instead of feeling like stressed out, like I'm still working, but I need to do this thing first. And you're just so much more aware of how you're spending your time and how much thing time things take you. Right.
1: I'll have to tell Andy that this was a great exercise and that everyone can benefit from it, not just first year students. So that's, I'm so glad to hear that you got so much out of the exercise, even though it's one of those things like budgeting where you have to like sit down and commit to doing it, which is feeling like another thing added to your list, but in the long run, or even in the very short term after a week you can see so many results from it. And that is the power of exercises like these, where you can really, um, make change happen and understand how it impacts your life. And even if it doesn't work for you to understand like what works and what doesn't, I think is still a benefit. So I think the tracking your time worksheet will post that in the show notes. So everybody can see if it's going to work for them and at least take a stab at it. So
0: awesome. All right, guys, it's time to speak it, Queens. Speak it, Queens. We're going to dive into some solutions, some evidence that supports uh, helpful time management uh, opportunities for us so that we can make the most of the time that we have available to us and be productive mofos, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm excited because you read about it, you watch the videos, you listen to everything, but until you put stuff into practice and use the tools that are given to you. You cannot see the way that it is truly helpful, um, with such a big task such as time management. But when it's on the end of burnout, when you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to break if I don't start doing something different, then that's where this becomes like hugely valuable and
0: you're ready to dive in. So, yeah. And I think, um, kicking things off first, I, Actually recently read a Fast Company article that talked about what it's like to not be a morning person and how to, you know, be productive. Because if anyone has been out there in the world, they've probably seen the articles that are like, start your day at 6 a.m., be fresh, (laughs) hit the gym, do the most, you know, productive thing that you can do or like your hardest task first. Which like like shaming you almost.
1: (laughs) Like if you're not that way, then you need to change and... That's not really the way it should go.
0: Yeah. And so I personally have always been like a productive, like a 10 a.m. to <laughs> to 3 p.m. is my prime time. <laughs> and so I always was frustrated by some of those articles, which if you are a morning person, like that's how you should do it is like... St- start with a workout or like start fresh with a walk in the morning. Um, You know, get up early and have some time for yourself so you can kind of like set the intention for the day. Mm -hmm. All of those things are super helpful and very important. And also like if you're not a morning person, also do that. Like maybe think about like if you're getting up and kind of like rushing on your way to work, think about, okay, how do I, you know, think about my day? Maybe set your to-do list for the next day, the evening before, like when you're leaving work definitely something that I recommend from the perspective of someone who isn't like immediately in the zone at this moment that work starts at at 9 a.m. Right. And so, um, I definitely think that prioritizing your day beforehand and having an idea of like, okay, these are the three things I have to get done by the end of today. Super important. That's definitely like tip number one, have an idea of what you actually need to get done and how you can take care of it in the time that you have available to you. And then creating a routine around that, Mm -hmm. which I think is really helpful. I read something that somewhere,
1: it was probably Fast Company, that said former President Barack Obama had always... like. If he had something at 8.30, he started his day at 6.30 a.m. So that like process of planning and seeing what time you have to get going, starting your day two hours before that, and I was like, wow, that's so smart. And so I started really just like making that very small change, and it changed everything. And I thought that was such a good and solid and small piece of doable advice um, that kind of goes into everything that you do from that point on. And, you know... President Obama, you got to follow his advice all the time.
0: Always. Forever. (laughs) Forever. (laughs) Forever President Barack
1: Obama. We miss him.
0: (laughs) So um, that's a really good point. And I think in assessing your time, you'll probably have a good idea of like, okay, I need this much time to get ready in the morning. Or I need this much time before I can have a human conversation with a person. Yes. Which I totally agree and think is so smart. And have since uh, implemented a no meetings before 11 a.m. unless it is like dire straits because I need that time in the morning to just kind of like whether it's going through a couple emails or just like me. I I don't like to start my day by talking with people. Mm -hmm. I just need to like get in the zone think about some stuff kind of like <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> automatically went into like <laughs> <Branding>. jingle mode. <laughs> I did. I really did. <laughs> so um I think that's super smart and like just having an idea of okay I have to be at at this place or like have a meeting with these people at this time Back schedule. Right. Think about when I need to actually start the thing. Um, I know my boyfriend, for example, he's a software engineer and he doesn't like to dive into um, a task without having at least an hour and a half to work on something because Mm -hmm. it takes mental effort to, like, start coding and and working uh, through an important piece of whatever he's working on and Mm -hmm. kind of like from that mentality of like, your work is never done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I can, I can totally vouch and understand where that it's like, there's always emails to answer. There's always someone I can, there's always something I can be doing. Yeah. And so that's where, kind of having an idea of exactly how much time certain things are going to take you and setting that time aside and knowing exactly what you need to get done by the end of the day will help you feel very productive. And in that article, they talked about how obviously, um, you know, the Pomodoro method is a really great tool to implement, which is like a 20 minute work sprint, 20, 30 minute work sprint. Um, But apparently science now says that a 50 minute working interval like a 50. Yeah, 50. Hmm. 50 because you're like diving into something, starting and finishing and then done with it. Wrap th- it up. You think about
1: 20 minutes or 30 minutes actually does. Like I think about when you're talking about Dan and how he needs like an hour and a half to to get into something. That's how I feel about the phone calls that I have to make for work and it takes a lot of like mental prep to get ready for those phone calls because it, it can go one of two ways. Either you're leaving a ton of messages or you're on the phone with people for a while, um, depending on the person. And you think about like a 20-minute or 30-minute time frame, that's not, that's not enough time to get, for me five to 10 calls done, I feel like I'd be more stressed about fitting them into that amount of time than getting the calls done themselves. So the 50 minute actually is, even though it's more time, makes me feel better about putting that much time aside.
0: And again, kind of to the point that I mentioned earlier of the um, blocking my time, I would block an hour Mm -hmm. on my calendar and then I'd have those extra 10 minutes and it was like, oh, bonus, I finished this early. And so I w- would reward myself with like, you know, time to read an article, just like a mental break, that kind of thing. And, and you end up feeling more productive and like can fit in those little personal downtime moments. And that really helps you um, just like kind of stay in the game mm-hmm. for a longer period of time and like stay on task Because that's definitely a hard thing for some people. And I think um, in terms of something that happens with some individuals, um, another thing that they talked about is that when you are hitting that like wall of, I I, I don't know if I can do this. Usually it happens after lunch, I think. People come back and they're like, oops, I shouldn't have had that sub sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Or ate that giant bowl of mac and cheese. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. So kind of knowing that lunch is approaching and like having an idea of like, okay, today I'm definitely not going to have a salad like I imagined, um, kind of thinking about, um, what your to-do list will be when you get back to the office Mm -hmm. of like, what kind of, what are the three things that I can get done by the end of the day? Maybe tossing in some mindless tasks. I know something that I have to do pretty regularly is, um, photo editing, just Mm -hmm. like enhancing a couple photos or like capturing photos from, um, for social media purposes or just kind of like concepting some topics and things that don't take a lot of like, you know, creative or mental energy, um, Something that you can kind of like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and like work through some of this stuff. We have to go through some customer cues on occasion. So sometimes I'll do that later in the afternoon as a way to like round out my day and say like, okay, I feel like I've had, I've been super productive and like, let's do this. And that's really good to
1: understand too. I think from your perspective, as you're talking through those tasks that kind of can be put in the mindless category versus the things that you have to put like some real brain power behind understanding from you as the listener, what is your job and what tasks complete your job and what kind of all goes into your day and really thinking through the things that might not feel like they're really contributing to your your work and your productivity, but are just as important to get done at some point. Um, and understanding that those really do play a huge role. Like for me, thank you cards are that, and Mm -hmm. and they need to get done. And it is a hugely important part of what I do, but, and I like writing thank you notes, but it's one of those things that like, if you put them off for too long, then you've got a hundred of them and now you're super behind. And it's the same thing with birthday cards and things like that. But, but knowing like, what is on the list of mindless but but knowing that it also has to get done maybe in the course of a day or one t- there's a woman um for philanthropy purposes she says every monday is her thank you card day mm-hmm. and she devotes that amount of time on a monday to like thank yous birthdays all of that kind of stuff um and it's kind of figuring out what works for you but realizing that every task that contributes to your overall success in your role at your job is important and giving it and understanding what time it takes to get done is, is something that you want to pay attention to.
0: Yeah. And then knowing, I think a disclaimer for all of this is that this is going to be a trial and error process. I think literally in the two years that we've been doing that I've been actively working on this, like Thinking about, okay, Brianna, how do you be more productive? <laughs> Get it done. <laughs> There's been a lot of like, this does not work. Right. This is not working. And really, honestly, one of the things that has helped me the most is the concept of single tasking. Mm. And so I was definitely one of those uh, ladies who was like, I'm a master multitasker. I can handle everything all at once. And the reality is that you cannot. And I I remember reading an article um, that spoke about how the moment that you try to multitask things or you're trying to work on two things, it's going to take you twice as long to do it because your mental energy is being split. Right, And so you're trying to respond to an email here, but also reading an article here. And you're not like fully absorbing the information that, that you should be or, um, Mentally devoting the time to a task that is very important to your um, to-do list, or you know your work priorities or the goals that you've set for the day, the month, what have you, and so when you set aside the time to just do one thing at a time, close out all the tabs, mm-hmm. it's amazing how much you get done yeah and when you're in that mode of multitasking everything takes you three times as long even though you think that you're you know completing and getting you're like i'm doing two things at once this has to be faster but because you're expending more mental energy to try and balance the two or balance three things or more um you end up being less productive and so that's you know a downfall for sure, and so I think um, in terms of like one thing that you can probably start and implement immediately is just when you're doing a thing, close out like do not disturb your phone, close out the extra tabs, make sure Facebook isn't open, don't have your email notifications popping up, um, just get in the zone, focus on what you're focusing on, and conquer it in that 50 minute time block that Mm -hmm. you've allotted for yourself and then reward yourself with those 10, 15 minutes afterward. Um, when you, when you've completed the task, because then that's like, okay, I've done all the things that I can do. If you really want to look and scroll through Instagram, go for it. Right. Right.
1: And I'll totally agree that this takes a lot of practice, like with everything to learn how you work best, but also to not get too down on yourself or get too hard on yourself. If that 50 minutes is really hard for the first like year (laughs) that you try doing this, or when you do try to like separate tasks and do one thing at a time, if you're used to multitasking, it's going to be a huge overhaul to try and just do one thing at once. So I'll just reiterate what Brianna was saying on how to to power through in a way, but understand that like, it will take time to make this part of your routine, um, and get used to that way of doing things. Cause I, I still fully struggle. (laughs) And I've also been trying to work on this for quite some time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing is like, there's going to be things out there that just don't work for you. So stop doing them. Mm -hmm. Like just stop trying hard. Like if for you, um, the whole concept of single tasking is just like not making you more productive, then don't keep trying to do it. Mm-hmm. But I think for everyone, it's probably really beneficial. Right. It's, it's, well,
1: and I, I don't know about you, but I also am like, I'll give it some time. Like what I think is enough time. And I'm like, Oh, this doesn't work. I'm over it. But it doesn't mean that I, that it actually doesn't work. It just means that it's really hard to transition and, it, it takes time. It really does.
0: And to that point, to build a habit takes 30, pl- 30 to 90 days, yeah. depending on the extent of what it is that you're that's doing. Hard. That's a long time. And so, when you say, th- what is 90 days? That's three months. So, you sure. need to do something actively for three months in order for it to, to be part of your routine and feel like, okay, I've seen some positive results from it. Yeah. And I think. Kind of going off of that as well as like maybe keeping track a little bit, like taking, taking some notes, just acknowledging like at the end of the day, are you leaving the office at the time that you wanted to leave the office kind of right. thing. Yeah. Um, just having a little bit kind of just keeping track of it. I think just the idea of being conscious conscientious of your own time, your own effort that you're putting into the things that you're working on. I think that just, that really changes the game because you're aware you're, you're being productively aware. Yeah. And I, and it's when
1: you were saying that what popped into my head is the buddy system seems to work really well with a lot of things. And I don't think that time management and productivity should be taken out of that. And so when you're talking about like tracking your time, but also checking in with someone, because I know for a long time, you were my check-in person of like, so did you get through until 11 without checking your phone? And it just, it holds you accountable in a way it's like going to the gym or budgeting. It's all of those things that, that somebody else might be either doing differently or better or you want to aspire to be more like that person or or just to have that person to check in with the buddy system i think works really well here just like it does in a number of other arenas so consider that if if you're really struggling if there's someone at work or a friend um that you can kind of check in with and maybe go through those three big things that you want to get done a day like in the morning over coffee if you're just passing by someone's office or if you're online and can like quickly text or I am someone and say like, Hey, what are your three things? Cause these are mine. And Mm -hmm. again, just to have that check-in moment will be, I I always find that really helpful to have someone who's like on my team and, and helps me succeed. And that makes me want to succeed more.
0: Yeah. I remember one, one time I tried to implement because I heard that this was something that worked, and so I tried. <laughs> we the, try everything. <laughs> I tried the whole um, set a reminder mm. and have my manager check in and be like, "Brianna, did you do X tasks that we talked about last month on your team on our team call?" And I ended up realizing through that 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 wasn't motivating for me because mm. I don't like the pressure of someone else asking me about it. It was. It's more like, have I set the goal for myself, and have it visible to me. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it turned into, okay, I definitely don't think I'm externally motivated. Yeah. This is something that I'm doing kind of an intrinsic or internal kind of thing that's so having that ability to determine, you know, do you need that outside pressure from someone or is it more so something of just like communicating with another person, mm-hmm. but it's you setting your own personal goals that you're going to remind yourself of. And so... um I think definitely having the check-in is helpful, but from my standpoint, it definitely ended up being more like, okay, if this is a thing that I need to get done, I'm going to put this on my calendar two weeks from now, Mm -hmm. or set a reminder a month from now, or at least have a check-in of like, I wrote down my goals for this month, and did I check these things off? So like kind of balancing that of like, do you need that internal... Or the external. right? Um, and everybody's different. And so you kind of just have to, again, another situation where it's just trial and error and figure out what works for you. So, um, you know, give it a whirl. And moving on to another thing that I have heard is quite uh, impactful for some people is with some of those tasks that this can kind of uh, edge into um, personal benefit because it's, quote, unquote, temptation building or temptation bundling. I apologize. Oh. So <laughs> That's more intriguing. Bundling. Yes. Temptation bundling. So sometimes there are tasks that you have to do, like writing thank you cards. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, an example of this, uh, I had missed a couple webinar recordings that I wanted to, to rewatch. And I just kept pushing it off and pushing it off. And so today I was like, I'm setting aside two hours to just conquer this. And in order to hold me accountable, I'm also, while I'm listening to this, I'm going to meal prep. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw some stuff in the oven. Again, I work from home, so this is quite convenient. (laughs) (laughs) But in general, um, just that idea of like, okay, you have to answer some work emails. Maybe go get a pedicure. Mm -hmm. Finding different things that are like those mundane tasks that are so vital to your job or something that you're doing, or you know you just have to like dive into something or, you know, have an uncomfortable conversation, supplement it with something or like treat yourself to an ice cream after a tough meeting that you have to have. Mm. Um, Or you don't like to go visit your parents, find a way to go to a great restaurant that you really love. And so doing something that um, makes you feel satisfied and lessens the the difficulty or like the resistance to the task at hand um and you end up crossing it off your list and feeling super relieved at the end of the day because it's done Mm -hmm. and it kind of ends it's like you know hitting at some of those like childlike uh (laughs) indulgences
1: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah and it's interesting to talk through that and and think about the things that i would kind of fit into those categories and how to make the best of maybe the most, not not the most fun situation. Um, and what are those things that are rewarding to you? And, and I think for me, as I think through what those things are, it also opens up the door. And in, in another episode that we did around company culture, it opens up the door to have a conversation with your supervisor or your boss to say like, this is this is how I might be able to work better around tasks that we all know aren't our favorite. Would it be okay if I, and then Mm -hmm. kind of put out there what you're thinking would help you be more productive around that specific thing um, that will just kind of help you power through it a little bit more. So it kind of all flows together in some way, I think. I
0: think that's great advice too, because once you have that knowledge for yourself, having that conversation with your manager becomes so much easier because then you have justification for it. Um, You know, a reasoning behind why you're trying to do this. So um, I think as far as tips and advice go from this whole thing, we've covered a lot. As far as productivity, starting your day with the hardest thing. If you're a great morning person, um, starting your day with the gym. Mm -hmm. When you're losing a little creativity, take a walk. That'll re- rejive your brain and get you um, thinking a little bit differently. Um, stepping away from a task, um, diving into some of those single-tasking or temptation bul- building. Um, oh my gosh, I did it again! Temptation bundling. <laughs> so I think there's a lot that we can all you know tackle. I mm-hmm. think the biggest thing that all of us can start with is just having an idea of how are we spending our time. And thinking about, you don't have to do the whole assessment that, you know, Sid and I walked through, but maybe just... Jotting down a couple things here and there, just to, just to feel where you're frustrated with, um, you know, your loss of productivity in those moments where you're like, "Oh, I'm losing it." Then you have a good idea of if there's consistencies, then you can go forth and um, adjust accordingly, and and do some of those things where you can say, you know, I'm going to talk to my manager about some of the the, the tasks that I can. You know, shift to different things or different different environments. If you work in a different space, that kind of thing. Or on Mondays, I'd love to work from home, that kind of thing. Those are conversations that you can end up having because you have an awareness of this ends up making me more productive. Right. And if you have like a month to month sharing of that or like tracking that you've done and like your numbers, your metric, if you have metrics that you're following, like metrics in this month versus this month, um, when you were working on a different, um, mode of productivity totally can change the game and make, um, that argument a little bit more beneficial when you sit down with your manager.
1: Yeah. That evidence will be such a game changer. Um, and I just want to Finish with that thought about prioritization and a, a video that I watched around this woman who was talking about the 168 hours that you have to kind of play with. And she tracked all of these people for a while. And one woman who said she had no time to do anything ever, somehow, when her hot water heater burst or broke. She found seven hours somewhere in the course of the week to replace it and fix it and make sure it was in good working order again because she that was a need for her. And so I think what I got out of that personally was if you're prioritizing correctly, you'll find time to do things. And I think that's such an important message. And it goes back to that tracking that you were talking about, um, Brianna, about how If you're looking at your week and how much time you're spending on each thing, what's floating to the top and what's making you feel good that you spent that much time on it and what are you prioritizing and what can kind of go by the wayside for now or once a month or something like that. So I thought that was a really great video that like hit me in the chest like a ton of bricks of like, holy cow. I don't always know how to prioritize. And that's a really good way to do it of what will you always make time for mm-hmm. and make sure that you continue to make time for those things.
0: Yeah. And I think it sounds like it's something that's really structured and stressful, but the reality is that you end up finding more flexibility and more personal time in that assessment of what you're doing and and how you're spending your time. Because then you know... All right. Here are some things that I can do, or here's something I need to toss into my calendar every, you know, Tuesday at 3 p.m. And if working out makes you more productive, make sure you w- fit that into your calendar because all of these things are beneficial in the end because it's all focused on, you know, your mental health and your ability to succeed and hit your goals and all of those things, whether that's personal, professional, and everything in between. And I know I personally follow a lot of things from Fast Company. I get a lot of really great articles and tips from them. Mm-hmm. Um, we can toss in some extra um, articles and links that we've talked about in the show notes. But in general, I think um, we'd love to hear from you guys about what you're doing with your time and things that work for you or don't work for you. Um, or if you've implemented some of the stuff that we talk about, we want to hear if it was successful. And I think like start with one thing yeah, and then go from there and trial it, see if it works. Um, and if it doesn't, after, you know, 30, 90 days,
1: <laughs> just a short 30 to 90 days
0: <laughs> they something to different. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and we will share that track your choices worksheet too. So if you have any great desire to do that, which I think everybody should, um, we'll make sure you have the ability to do that. So.
0: Awesome. Should we break? Let's break.
1: feeling like a queen yet find us at queen speaking on twitter facebook youtube and instagram and tell us all about it see you next week